you are listening to The Janine Garner Show. Janine is a leading expert on leadership and driving influence through networking and collaboration, passionate about bringing brilliant people together to achieve remarkable results. Join Janine Garner as she shares insights, interviews and conversations, and let's together make the remarkable happen. All right, well, it is Sunday morning here in the Northern Beaches, and I've got some very dear friends here. And I thought this was a, we were just having a conversation over a coffee that I thought was worth capturing and sharing, um, because it's such a big issue, particularly for those of us with kids who are working towards a better future for all of us. But there is a lot of stuff in the media at the moment about uh, the continued inequality at work, particularly on the back of uh, Lisa Wilkinson. Um, equally, those of us that are uh, working and living and breathing uh, the world of work um, have experiences that are endless um, of inequality, whether it be to do with pay or promotion. But it's always really interesting when you bring in the next generation um, to be part of this conversation. And where this came from, I had the wonderful opportunity to just be interviewed by the daughter of a friend of mine called Erin, who is in, what year are you in, Erin? Year six. Year six, and she's doing a personal passion project on what is it, Erin? Um, gender inequality. Which is pretty awesome, isn't it, for a year six to be doing that? And so I'm just sticking the, the, the microphone on because there's some great conversation going on here with my friend Antoinette, who is a awesome woman working in corporate, um, originally from South Africa, has worked on some massive, massive brands around the world. Um, so has lived and breathed equally uh, the lack of equality at work and he's very passionate about this stuff and we've got uh, my daughter Taya involved in the conversation too so I'm just going to put it out there does does inequality exist what do you two think as year six girls does inequality still exist in this world that we're living in uh-huh. and why Taya um, well it's not like some people aren't fair to other people like there are um, many people out there who don't get the same rights as us and who don't get the opportunities that we get um like if you have a different race or skin you Mm. end up getting like punished for it when you really shouldn't get punished for how you've been born or how you were came to this world and you should be like respected the same amount of way that we are yeah and do you see inequality based on whether you're a boy or a girl yeah in what way have you got an example um well, sometimes there are some games or some sports that people say you can't play this sport because you are a girl and or you are a boy, so you can't play this sport. Mm. And it's just like... Yeah. And Erin, what's your thought on this, on um, this inequality issue? Yeah, in my school, um, gender inequality, especially with the, gr- um, the p- group of people in my class, is very prevalent. Um, I would say that there's like some very specific people in my class who I disagree on almost every point and um, an example of when this happened is that um, I was talking to a friend of mine um, about some statistics that I was that I was researching Um, and I was talking about this and I talk very loudly and somebody heard and then somebody just I like just shouted out at the top of their lungs to me and just said "Uh, well it's their fault that they're not a CEO and then I, 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 I repeat I said back um, that it, is it my fault that I was born as a woman? Is it really? And then, because they said that it's my fault, uh, well, woman's fault that they're not CEOs, when it's not really about that. It's about um, 
as soon as somebody sees you, they automatic, automatically recognize that you're a woman and that you might be lesser. It's not the fact that we are of less of, they're not, you're not as good as a man. It's the fact that it's the automatic bias that people have. Mm. And you're obviously quite passionate about this. So from your perspective, um, what needs to change? I feel like people need to stop immediately as they see somebody recognize their gender. And people need to not attach the words as women belong in the kitchen and they belong cleaning. People need to see that women are just as good as men and can often be better and men can, and can be better. It's literally just you need an even, even playing field for everybody. Mm. Yeah, I, I love the idea of thinking about people as people and not yeah. as their gender. So yeah. someone, you're an Erin, you're a Tom, you're a, it's not about seeing your gender first, it's about seeing you as a person mm. first and gender second. Yeah. So Antoinette, in your world, um, does it exist? <laughs> It, you know, I think it, I think it exists. Um, uh, you know, the numbers exist, mm. so we know what the numbers are. But I think it exists in in each person's own bias about themselves and about that. And I think it's it's a man and a woman thing. Mm. And so a woman holds back in a meeting because she has her own unconscious bias about what she's what she delivers to a meeting. A man behaves in a way that is comfortable for him. So I think I think what I've seen probably the the most important shift is how men are leaning in to mm. this and are starting to think about how they behave in a certain way. Um, and even all of the stuff that's happened with Weinstein this week, mm. um, it's challenged a lot of men about how they think about how this works. Um, yeah. And stuff that we have just kept quiet about year on year on year individually. And it's and so I think, yeah, it absolutely exists. The numbers show that it exists. Um, but it's, it's equally a man's problem as it is a woman's yeah. problem. Yeah. What I hear a lot is people going, when they talk about this kind of stuff, they're like, it's a lot about what women do and what... They don't say that... They say that women are just as the same uh, above men or just the same as men, but I don't hear anyone saying men are above women, which I also find that isn't isn't equal, where we should be saying men and women should be even and they shouldn't, one shouldn't be above the other or the other one shouldn't be above. Mm, exactly. exactly. So they're really striving for everyone having a fair go yeah. and it actually doesn't matter what gender you are. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. at school we do sport and it's like they've got, they've got boys sports which is like rugby, eagle tag, soccer and then they have girls sports which aren't rugby but you can do soccer and eagle tag. Yeah. But still, that, that definition of girls' to. sports and yeah. boys' sports. Yeah. Yeah. So, Antoinette, how does it make you feel when you listen to our girls talking in this way in terms of the inequality? It's yeah, obviously I, still... I just think they've, just, they've got such a sense of it that we didn't have. Mm. So I, I feel like all of this has really come to... I'm, I've started to only understand this as an adult. You know, only starting to question that stuff as an adult. And for them to be questioning that stuff now and having an understanding of it is only going to set this up for, for, for it to work later on. I mean, I didn't think about gender inequality until I was, I was out of school, out of uni, when I hit the world, you know, because I'd gone to an all-girls school. And so as an all-girls school, I, I was made to feel that I could be anything, I could do anything, nothing should stop me. And then I got to uni and I looked, at the, looked left and right and I went, gee, there's some smart boys here. And I hadn't even thought about that. I hadn't even thought that there could be smart men mm. because in an all-girls school, I was taught that you know, girls are so smart, they can do everything. And it was a real reality bites moment for me when I got to uni. I went, there's some really smart men here. Yeah. Um, and it's only then I started to realise, well, how does this all fit together? Mm. Um, and I suppose that's... I think so much around gender is going to be um, challenged. 
you know, the, should we have co-ed schools and should that be, I mean, that's going to be challenged. Should we have bathrooms that are separate? Should we have all of that stuff's challenging mm. everything? And for them to be thinking about it when they're 11 mm. is so much more than we were doing at 11. Yeah. We just accepted it at 11. That's yeah, the the you're works. so right. That acceptance piece of, you know, now being in our 40s and sorry, Antoinette, I'm putting you in the same age group. I don't know how old you are. <laughs> but um, I was thinking the same, you know, you applied for a job, you got to a job, you just worked your way up and you almost... You almost expected stuff to sort of happen, and if it did, you just put brushed it past and kept going, and you didn't speak up and you didn't speak out. And it's only now, the, with the work that I'm doing, where um, I am coming across so many women that, of course, have dreams and ambitions, and equally want a to be awesome mums, awesome partners, awesome awesome mums, uh, mothers, or whatever it may be, and have careers. Um, and it's that self belief piece that that is so important. Um, what do you want us to do? So, you know, if you could tell, ask us for help, what do you want us to do? Um, I feel like um, there, at the, there, there's a point where um, you kind of need to step back and look at the problem in, um, in like, the whole problem. And you need to see how you can um, help in different parts of the problem. So, for example, um, education-wise, like, we go to pretty amazing schools and we could challenge... Um, the boards of the schools and the um, uh, like uh, the principals and stuff, and say that um, all girls should be able to go in the rugby program. For example, there's no girls in the rugby program, and I feel like if girls want to, they should be able to go in the rugby program. Um, there's lots, and then no boys can go into Nepal. I feel like that applies in both sectors. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people only look about how women are disadvantaged. Sometimes men can be disadvantaged as well, and I feel like we need to look at that. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that all of our conversation so far has had a, a bit of a first world spin to it, which is how do you get ahead in corporates? And we've we've had lots of conversations about what this means when you grow up in India as mm. a woman, what it means when you grow up in South Africa as a as, as a woman, and how many how much just socially how difficult it is to to be a woman. I mean, you guys go to schools where you're you you are equal. You're growing up in an in equal society for the most part, but when culturally it's women are the weaker sex and are treated as such it's it's difficult to stand up and go now give me you know i want to go to school that's co-ed i want to be i want to play rugby these people these girls are fighting for the most basic human rights mm -hmm. um, so it's always good to reflect both on the first world and what's happening in the rest of the world yeah as a 12 year old going into year six well going into year seven um i had the choice of going to a single sex school or a co-ed school and I didn't want to be in a single sex school. I wanted to go to a co-ed school because I feel like if when you grow up, you're not going to be just working with your with girls. You're not just going to be working with your friends. You're going to be going to work with boys, girls, all ages, uh, some older, some younger. So it's like better to get used to it while you're at it instead of having to get used to it when you get older. That's why I felt like I need to go to a co-ed school. And I feel like in co-ed schools, this is just because I've almost always been in a co-ed school, and I feel like co-ed schools, people are just, um, just from what I've heard from my friends who went to single-sex schools and all that thing, all those, um, is that people are generally a lot more accepting of other people because, like, lots of times in class, we touch on a topic and we have a conversation about it. We don't just, um, everybody is one gender, so we all think in, like, an area that's the same. We have people who have grown up in all different corners of the world, like, 
I have a friend who was born in South Africa. I have a friend who was born in Spain. I was I have a friend that was born in Japan. I have all of these friends from different cultural groups, and I feel like that breeds um, new life into the conversation. Like you can see people who have grown up in third world countries and people who have grown up in first world countries. You kind of get a sense of. Um, people can really challenge each other on a different level. Like, we've had different experiences in our life. Um, and that, like, especially in a co-ed school, everybody, um, it doesn't really matter the gender, to be honest. It just, you're just a person and you're learning here and we're going to have a conversation about racial inequality or, inequality or gender inequality. And it doesn't matter whether you're a woman or a male. You just have the conversation. And everyone's point is, is valid yeah. and everyone's opinion is valid in, this, in that environment. Yeah. What a bag. Can you imagine being 12 years old and not being allowed to go to school? What do you think about that? Yeah, I feel like that's really unfair. I mean, school is somewhere that I learn. It's a place where all my friends are. It's a place that I really can, can feel accepted. I feel like the people who don't have that right, that, that's a human right. That's not just a human right. It's a basic right. Like, people, we live in the 21st century. We have, like, we're planning to go to Mars or whatever. We don't have people who get an education and who, and who do have an education and have to drop out to support their families. I feel like the world leaders, we need to stop worrying about uh, things that don't really have a point. Like, you need to just, when you're in office, you have the power to make a change in the world. Why wouldn't you take that with both hands and try as hard as you can? Mm. Have you heard the, about Malala Yousafzai? Have you looked at her at school? Yes. I've yeah? done two speeches on her. Yeah, and what do you think about her? Um, well, I feel like it is, like, going as with the education, that we are the next generation and like we need to know what's going on and what's happening so our next generation can fix these things, at least start fixing these things. Mm. And Malala was one of those girls who stood up and she did do what she thought was right. She did go to school and she um, did go get an education. But unfortunately, the Taliban didn't think that was right and didn't think she deserved it, which I don't know why, because she definitely did deserve it. And unfortunately, she did get shot in the head, mm. but luckily she did survive. So I feel like she's a big inspiration to a lot of young girls mm. and girls who can't unfortunately go to school or yeah. boys who can't unfortunately go to school. Mm. Yeah, and I feel like um, I, I, when I read her book, I kind of didn't know about all of these problems and I thought that everybody just had an education. And I feel like one of the things people need to realize is people need to not be oblivious to this part of the world people need to stop not think that every everywhere is like australia and everywhere is norway and everywhere is the u.s it's not the world is definitely slanted towards people who have more money towards people um who have different religious uh, perspectives and i feel like people need to kind of take a step back and need to stop worrying about their first world life and start helping people in third world countries to get a better life because one of the things that I found was so empowering about her story is that she she showed defiance to people who were telling her that she couldn't do that. So um, and and that did result in something that did happen to her that was really unfortunate. But she stood up and she showed the world that I I live in a third world country. I I fought I fought for my education and I I'm going to continue fighting for that. And I feel like that is something that we all need to do. And if we all play a part 
in making everybody be able to go there, uh, get an education, then the world would be such a better place. So who inspires you? When you look around you, who inspires you to, to do more? You. Oh, thank you, darling. <laughs> that wasn't planted <laughs> at all. Who else? Who do you look at around you, whether it be sports people, rock singers, film stars, politicians, teachers, other mums? Who inspires you? Who do you look um, to and you go, God, oh, you're good. I'm learning um, lots from you. You, of course. Thanks, um, um, My mum, um, Grishma, who's a friend of our family, um, uh, Linda, who is um, uh, the mother of um, one of my best friends, uh, kind of Emma Watson, I've always looked up to mm. her. She's really cool. Uh, I loved her in the Harry Potter movies, but she, uh, on a different level, she's doing something with her fame. Malala, um, Nelson Mandela, all of these people. And I feel like the people around you, like that are really, not the people who are like famous and stuff, the people like your mom or um, your friend, those are the people you should look up to. And I had a really amazing year five teacher who taught me so much about, um, not just equality, but how to be a good person. And she's one of the people I look up to. I feel like everybody needs to have somebody close to them that they can look up to. And I feel like that's a really important part. I loved your comment there about being a good person. What does being a good person mean? Like just helping like honestly if you just see someone who needs help or is unfortunate like us doesn't have as much as we do just helping like not just leaving them and just being rude to them just helping and mm. just being kind you know I, I love that thought um, I was getting off the bus at Winnie the other day and there's you know there's a lot of homeless people that 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 hang about there and I've the, the last couple of days I've seen this one guy and he's, he must be about 25 or 26 in his kind of banking suit and every single day he stops and has conversations with those people and it's just I think that whole idea of um, not ignoring the stuff that's uncomfortable mm. for you not in, and, and helping and just having a conversation with someone who's not as fortunate as you could be the biggest thing that you do that day. I think every day we have an opportunity not only to learn but to also give and change someone's life. I think that the world that we're living in is one of creating ripples. And if we can make sure those ripples are all done from a place of goodness, they have the potential to become waves. But it requires us to get out of our own way a bit mm -hmm. and be start getting present with other people. Yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day about AI and the impact of AI, and I went, you know what, it's quite interesting because I reckon we're all operating like robots already. Yeah. Um, you know, people are just doing and saying yes all the time and just not really getting kicking, getting yeah, back for in me control. It's about kicking the next button. That's it. Yeah, it totally is. Kicking the next. Totally is. Yeah. And I remember a similar story to what you said I was in London a few couple of years ago and I've got a colleague called Anastasia Mazuris she runs a business called Pure Insights and her whole philosophy is about bringing happy back to the workplace and she's she's probably she's incredible she she gives all the time and she taught me a lot about myself and I was walking uh towards um one of the, the big posh hotels for high tea in London and I walked past this guy who was sat on a piece and I was in my all suited and booted looking very glamorous with my beautiful Chloe handbag and my gorgeous shoes and I walked past this guy who was sat on a piece of cardboard and there's something about him and he was reading this book and I turned around and I sat on the cardboard next to him I put my bag in front and for 15 minutes we had this conversation about you know what are you doing here what's going on and his story I can still remember his eyes he had these incredible eyes and his story was heartbreaking and he'd been on the streets for about three years he hadn't seen his children and it was nothing to do with becoming 
uh, an alcoholic or a drug addict, something had happened in his family that basically meant his kids had to be taken away and as a result he couldn't cope and he ended up on the street. And that day, later that day, he was going for his very first interview. And I said, you can't go for an interview looking like this. So I handed over 20 pounds. I said, go and get a shave, go and do this, go and do something. And I often wonder about um, whatever what happened to him. Yeah. But just those moments of opportunity. Antoinette, it makes you think about the impact that we have um, and our responsibility, really, yeah. from a working context. What does it mean for you at work and with the work that you do, both professionally and personally? I, I think it's. Um, I think for me, it's it's about. You said it earlier about walking the talk, because mm. I think it's you know it's very easy to be outraged mm. at all the inequality in the world, and um, you know and to walk into the office every day and go, it's just not fair. And but it's a whole nother thing to have the courage, which is what you were talking about, um, the courage to to call it when you see it, mm. um, and. And not and not to do it in a way that creates more tension, but to do it in a constructive yeah. way. So I think I think that's it's easy to be outraged and, and to have and to have a philosophy about life. But it's a whole different thing to walk in and be able to make constructive yeah. change and have the conversations. I also feel like um, people need to stop focusing on the negatives in life. Of course, there are things that are bad, but you need to realize that you need to don't dwell on the negatives all the time. You need to look at the positives and use those positives to fix the negatives. And I feel like if you use, like we live in a first world country, we have access to an education, use that education to fix a problem you see in the world. Instead of saying, oh, there's a problem there and doing nothing about it. Yeah. Like noticing that there's gender inequality and just pointing it out and doing absolutely nothing about it. That's not gonna help anybody. Or if you say, use your education and you do something about it, you learn about it. And then you say, I don't know, put $5 a month into going to the Malala Fund to help girls get an education or something like that and do a little bit because a little bit goes a long way. It does. Yeah, I feel like young boys know when they grow up and they start learning about this, they feel like they have the power to do what they want and they go like, I know this hap doesn't happen to me but it happens like in, yeah. And it's like, since I have two brothers, it's like they feel like, uh, even though I'm older than one of them, they, it still feels like he's the one controlling me and he's like, he's going to do something if I don't listen to him. Mm. Or, and if mm. I don't do what he says, he's going to hurt me or mm. he's going to do something that mm. I don't obviously mm. You like. know, and, and I, to, to build on that, I think there's a, there's a responsibility as a mum mm. and as a dad and as parents to be thinking about what this all means for your sons, mm -hmm. you know. And so, when when my son wants to put up something on TV because he, it, he's being outraged at how ridiculously sexist that someone's being on 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 TV, that's important. Mm -hmm. That's important that he recognises it. But equally, when 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 I say to him, when you build a team in, in class to do a, a, a project. Um, do you go with your mates? And he said, no, we look to, he said, I always make, we always make sure that there's diverse people on the team, that there's a girl because she's particularly organized or a boy who's particularly organized, but they look for that diversity. And so I think as a parent, it is about um, what you're teaching, you're actually teaching your daughters and sons the same mm. thing. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. this goes to your point, Antoinette, of the, the stats are there, the evidence is there, left, right and centre, both in Australia and other first world countries, but also the inequality around the world. 
And to your point, Erin, we can either choose to get outraged about it and just keep talking about it or do something. And and my view personally is we have a responsibility every single day to do something. And it can be as simple as saying hello to someone, as checking in on someone, as questioning something. And it really is, I see a lot, particularly in corporate Australia, of talk going on of conversations of round tables about but it's this simple act of decisions that are made every single day like challenging is my pay the same as somebody else's yeah. is there other people are there some boys and girls being put towards this project and that takes the bravery and the yeah. courage piece but the day-to-day behavior is what other people are yeah. watching and it comes down to you girls in the playground because I'm sure Antoinette's the same we we also see it yeah. where we would we had a conversation Taya, didn't we about language where the boys language was inappropriate but Taya didn't feel brave enough to challenge them on it and I said to her your job is to do that because unconsciously they don't realize that language is inappropriate and and it's up to all of us to educate each other and um on my mum's point of um we need to raise our sons and daughters the same way I heard this amazing quote like a couple weeks ago um some people are uh, have the um, audacity to uh, to um, raise their daughters like sons, but few have the courage to raise their sons like daughters. And I mm. feel like that is something that we all, and not just that, like the fact that we need to not look at genders for a second, and we need to realize that um, uh, we need to just kind of step away from that. We need to look at this person is smart. This person is good at math. This person is good at science. This good. At, this person is good at geography. And you need to look at that instead of this woman is good at math, this Mm. man is good at geography. And we need to look at, um, I feel like uh, this is, this could have, like this is a way of doing, there's a way of doing that. Like um, I I had this idea of doing an interview, but it's, and there's a wall between them and they don't know the gender of the person and they just ask them questions. and And based on that, see whether they would hire that person. Then the same person would do the same thing facing them if they're a woman and see if they would do the same thing because I bet that there's some sort of unconscious bias there. Ah, uh, there is. Um, in school we were talking about this last week about gender equality and we got this form we had to say agree or disagree and a lot of it said should girls, girls shouldn't fight. Obviously I said a disagree because it shouldn't be just girls not fighting, it should be girls and boys not fighting or anything like that. And we also talked about school, and I talked to my year five teacher, and he said that boys in the school they have to wear collared shirts, like them. But he, but the girls aren't wearing collared shirts; they're wearing normal shirts. And I was just like, "Why do you have to? The girls don't have to." It's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, it happens in both directions. It's huge, isn't it? So, what do you see? What's what? If you could fast forward, because I often ask people if you, we could look back. Actually, I'm going to ask your mum. What would you tell your 21-year-old self? Um, two things. One would be make yourself more aware. Mm-hmm. Just you know, don't get caught up in um, just following the status quo. So I would say you know, be more aware earlier on. And I would spend less... And the other thing I would say is spend less time in my own head and be more courageous. Awesome, so be more courageous. And then to you two, you two year sixes, if you could fast forward to being our age, what do you see the world? What's your dream for the um, world? Um, I would say that mine would be an equal playing field. Um, I would like to see more women in CEO positions. I would like to see a place where everybody's warm and inviting to everybody. 
um, you can never ask for no conflict in the world because there's always going to be some conflict. But I would like um, there to be less conflict and for that to not be resolved in violence. I want that to be resolved in face-to-face conversations and I would like that to be resolved in a way that people can actually ask people questions instead of just saying, I'm going to invade you or something like that. And I want something, because um, at school we studied human rights and I, 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 and I was put on the right that men and women should be equal and that's kind of, and that people of different races should be equal and people of different religions should be equal. And I feel like the human rights should just be rights. They shouldn't be... They're, um, and not, they're not women rights, they're just human rights. They're mm-hmm. not men rights, they're just human rights. Mm-hmm. And I feel like instead of calling those human rights, they're just basic rights that we need. Mm. Awesome. Um, in, when I'm older, I would like to see not as many people on the streets, not too many people living on the streets, because who knows how long they've been out there and who knows what they're going through as that. I would like to see people who are there a job that starts going out on the streets and giving them things and talking with them to see if we can help them with these problems that they do have um, and starting a fundraiser that people donate to and you get to put money into it and that gives people to give the money to them to get a, an apartment or something so they can stay off the streets because it's not safe out there really mm. who knows what goes on during mm. the night in the city also i'd also like to see same as erin kind of like just people being fine with each other their religions their cultures their gender no matter what they are no matter what they look like no matter who they are people are always the same but obviously this might not happen completely because there always is going to be that one biased person or that one person who is going to be sexist or who's going to be racist, but that will, um, if we all help, it will end up getting less and less and less of people who are... Yeah, and I feel like, especially on Taya's point, we need to just, like, uh, people just need to stop teaching unconscious bias because nobody's born to be racist. Nobody's born to be sexist. They're born equal. Everybody is born equal. So people need to, if they have sons or if they have daughters, they need to not implant the conscious bias that this person is black, this person is white, this person is a woman, this person is a man. They just need to say that this person is a person and you mm. treat them like you treat anybody else. Mm. That's really encouraging, isn't it? I also feel like, like obviously, I ha- when you do like have a child or obviously when you're born... When it's a girl, you always pick pink because they're close <laughs> and stuff like that. And when it's a boy, you always pick blue. But, like, why Can is we it just that stop way? It? Yeah, just yeah. stop it. Although your brother did love wearing pink. pink. <laughs> he did. He did. He did. So what do you reckon we have to do, Antoinette? I think we just got to, you, we've, we've just got to keep up the ante, you know, mm-hmm. just keep the conversations yeah. going, keep the challenging, keep having the conversations, whether it's around the dinner table or in the car on the way to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and encourage them to have the conversations with their peers and um, support them. So I think it's just about keeping up the conversation. Yeah, we were talking a bit about before we went started recording about speaking up. And it was interesting how, you know, as, you, as you're probably picking up, we've got some really strong thoughts and ideas around this microphone. But even, even with that, um, 
our year sixes are still worried about speaking up in class because they might not have all the answers. Um, well, one is and one isn't. And I think part of that is our role as women is to help build confidence in each other, help build self-belief in each other, stop the judgment that is happening every single day, consciously and unconsciously, encourage people to speak up. And it being okay not to be right all the time, but it is through the power of the conversation and the behavior and the activity and the response to that, that I believe change, yeah. change will actually happen. So, wow, I didn't expect to have a conversation, such a powerful conversation on a Sunday morning, but how awesome is it? And I think for me, it's identified that why these conversations have to actually be diverse. Yeah that we can't, just as women in business, have conversations about it, or just as small business owners have conversations about it, or as 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds have conversations about it. The power of sharing insight and ideas is really where the change will happen. And bringing some boys and men into this conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I was going to say, why do we just have girls <laughs> in this conversation when we're talking about I know, <laughs> well, we just started it, but how awesome is that? We'll have to have another one and we'll get the boys the involved. Boys in, exactly. Yeah. Good. So thank you for your time. Um, Thanks, we will speak soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Janine Garner Show. To follow her blog, purchase her books, or find out more, visit her website, janinegarner.com.au. Brilliant people, extraordinary results.